recording and there it is. Good evening and welcome once again to Phrenology. This is episode number 10. We've made it to the double digits. Episode 10 on April, no, April, August the 9th. August the 9th. Glad to have you join again once more. Tonight we have Frank, Roger, Joshua, and Vinium. Tonight's episode, we are featuring a very juicy conversation. I have the fancy title that I've created, Creating and Implementing Boundaries for the Place of Science. Thanks for joining Friendology once more. Gents, uh, it's been some time. It's been actually almost a month since we last recorded. We took a hiatus last recording session just because... Um, we didn't have er- as many people as we wanted to join in, so we just had more of a casual checking in. One of the things we want to facilitate as we continue our collaboration on this podcast is ongoing deepening friendships, and that is something that we hold really meaningful. And so that happens both on recording and most definitely off recording. So we're going to start off with a brief check-in session. Given that has been some time, Frank, I'm going to start off with you because you have, I think, a lot more to share with us based on what you've been doing and where you're at presently because of those shenanigans you've been up to. <laughs> He's giving me this deer, uh, deer, uh, deer eyes in the light headlights. Deer in the headlights. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll butcher that one as well, too. <laughs> Very gracious. You know, I find it funny because even as I talk to people today, when they cough, they're also having to just do that second clarification. This is not COVID. <laughs> yeah, everybody does that now. Yeah, oh, it's like yeah, the yeah. social etiquette, right? It's unacceptable to cough in public now. Yes, right? so true. <laughs> totally. Uh, corner of my mind as I smile my way through life is that my kid starts college in a few weeks and um. she needs a place to live and so the sooner she does the better and I'm not paying a thousand dollars a month for a room for rent in Orlando Florida because that's ridiculous what's happening so we're trying to negotiate and find the best thing and the best person. I'm totally fine she's doing fine and that's just my Good. little thing in my brain in the corner kind of thing yeah yeah try to get um or someplace to live that, and a job. Oh, she just got a job today. Mm. Yep, she's got a job today. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. She doing awesome. So um, she'll be doing her thing. So yeah, once she gets her stuff, then I'll take her out of that corner of my mind. 
In one sense, Roger, you precede all of us yeah. in seeing your offspring. Yeah, yeah. That's a funny way of saying it, offspring. You see your offspring um, grow into indep- in the independent zone of life. Yeah. Like yeah. Josh and I will be a few years before yeah. we get there. Yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It'll um, be exciting. It'll be exciting. Mm. Yeah. It'll be exciting. I hope we do well with that too. Well, you, yeah. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah. 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 And I saw the pictures of your daughter. She is gorgeous too. Yeah, she doesn't think so, but... Oh. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I've often seen that amongst some yeah, really... Yeah, teen girls. Yeah. Not only teen girls, but even women who are gorgeous. Yeah. Usually, if they don't have that kind of... It seems input in life to affirm their self-worth. Yeah. They're pretty hard on themselves, so I've seen that yeah. along the way, yeah. too. Yeah. She's mm. finding herself, so, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, who are you going to direct it to? Frank oh, Frank, I got <laughs> bam oh, right on over the yeah. <laughs> well, things, uh, things with me have been going really quite well on all, all domains, I would say, um, and just a few new things coming up, like um, going to, to visit my mother. Um, You're going to go. Going to go this coming weekend, so oh. that's going to be an interesting trip down to Regina of all places. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it'll be good to see relatives and and such. Um, and then uh, just this uh, strange sort of incident happened a couple days ago. I found out that a really good friend of mine, um, uh, his his wife just passed away, and he he was one of my closest friends, especially during my twenties. He re- I think about five to seven years ago moved to Ontario, so. Um, our friendship has changed just because of distance, of course. Um, but we were quite close. He actually lived in this very house oh, um, with me. He was my roommate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Way back when you first got here. Uh, yeah, quite Yeah, quite a long time ago. Yeah. He lived here as a roommate. Um, long. That's what am right. I doing here? That's right. Long before I, I, uh, long before I got married, etc. Um, and yeah, so I've been talking with him. So it's interesting how, you know distance you don't you know often you know stay connected like he's always been connected but you know you you have your life in town here he has his life in his new city and and you just you do your life right family gets in the way etc and then then a a death a sudden unexpected death Mm. and i've been talking with him for over an hour a day now in the last couple Mm. days so it's actually been kind of good um to to reconnect with them but of all reasons or, or yeah. situations it's it's kind of odd but uh yeah um all all things considered i i've been doing personally quite good so i find yeah. it meaningful joshua before you come mm. to me yeah <laughs> um how there's been a disconnect not uh in the uh, friendship but just in circumstances in life and yet he reached out to you at a critical moment of loss almost as a foundation of sorts of what he wants uh, experienced by way of foundational um, stability, and so maybe that's I something think so. to be said there. I think you're about right. the friendship, especially too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in the midst of all that's happened between then and now, we developed as early that. young adults, yeah. you know, adult yeah. young adulthood. Yeah, we developed together, side by side, right? And this is almost like a consistency because I'm thinking of the other friend he shared about on a previous podcast who had cancer and passed away. Yeah, I remember okay, that. Yeah, 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 I do. And even that was a meaningful one where like you guys reached some pretty deep spots too. We did, yeah. Friendship wise, so yeah, um, absolutely. That's an interesting thing to watch as you're seeing these past remembrances coming back into the picture again mm-hmm. in meaningful ways. 
Yeah. Um, for history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about one of the ways I, I've told my followers sometimes too. One of the things I reflect on in the context of friendship is how um, you can assess the strength of a friendship in the way that inconvenience comes in play appropriately. There are some expressions of inconvenience, um, um, you know, um, checking in in the context of friendship that isn't, I think, appropriate, when they're maybe codependent or they're just asking too much, or if it's one-sided, you know, one side is giving more than the other side is receiving. Or demanding, Absolutely. expecting too much. Yeah, right. But when it's appropriately expressed, mm -hmm. that kind where... Uh, it's a vulnerable extension of oneself to say, hey, um, I'm at that point of need and I'm going to reach out to you. And I remember like you were in the midst of hosting uh, our, our group of friends, right? And you're like, I got to go. That was, that was an inconvenience. And yet you're like, guys, and we all understood, of course, right? Of course, but yeah. it just was like, um, you were able to go and tend to him and yeah. even then still make time for him, right? Time that you necessarily don't have freely, but you're like, I'm going to make this space in the yeah. context of his point of need. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. I, mm. I was no, no, noticing that there. Hmm. All right. So, um, uh, what's going on with Binium? Uh, I, oh, yes. There's some big things that have gone on. <laughs> I, uh, I made a big decision since we last were on the podcast. And Frank, you don't know this as well. I made the decision okay. that I'm going to give up my place downtown. The, the apartment that I love so dearly. I, I have an apartment downtown, beautiful view of the city. It's a very modest place. And I um, have given that spot to my sister and her friend from high school who were spending the su she was spending the summer here. And I was very happy to see them both uh, experience, uh, you know, a good time here um, in the context of a safe place. Uh, it's in a beautiful part of the city. But as the summer um, end approaches, my sister and I had talked about moving in together as roommates again, and we're thrilled about that, but one bedroom is not going to suffice, because <laughs> she's a young woman now, and she needs her space, and it's a really good dynamic between the two of us, so I made a decision to give up that spot and look for a two-bedroom for my sister and I, and I was planning to do that for the good duration of this month here while I try to juggle work and family and my online content uh, and business uh, and so that was a lot that I had going on but unexpectedly I found a place this past week unexpectedly it okay. was like a really good context and so that's super exciting it's a bigger pad wow. and it's a fantastic location right in the Belfine so you're on 14 why didn't you come live in my building I, 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 I checked your location. Did you? Yes, there oh. wasn't... Uh, there wasn't anything? Suitable, not suitable offerings. Oh, okay. I'm okay. very specific. You know, you know, you get yeah. to a point, Roger, when you're saying, yeah. I've had enough experiences to know exactly what my non-negotiables are in the new spot that I want, oh, right? Okay, okay. And one of those, I don't know if you have in-suite. We don't laundry. have in-suite, yeah. That's oh, the no. sucky that part. Was yeah. what, I was like, I don't yeah. want to go back to paying for laundry. Yeah, that was yeah. just... Oh. Yeah, that's, that's so this good. place has in-suite laundry, nice. which is fantastic. It has a beautiful balcony yeah. that faces the northwest so it faces the city and so it's on the sixth floor out of seven floors but it's not high enough to see the mountains like I, I was hoping to but it's sufficient for the price that we were able oh, to cool. negotiate so you're close by down the street around the second and 15th Whoa. I know so just on the other end of the line yeah yeah okay yeah okay. Yes. I can't cool. wait to be able to share that with you guys oh uh, yes so nice. that, that was super exciting make sure make sure you call if you need help oh thank you I I will do that. I will do that. Yeah. Thank you. One of the things the landlord did was he even gave us the keys early so wow. we can like drip our, uh, our stuff in. Because one of the things that the condos do nowadays, and I didn't realize this, Roger, was they charge you to rent the elevator on moving day. Really? Seriously. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my I mean, goodness. I, I was like, oh. Yeah. So. Well, they failed to mention that a little tidbit there, Frank. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, it's not even a key that we get. It's just, like, they wouldn't even lock the elevator for us. It was just that oh. you get four hours to, like, get all your stuff in and up kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. get everything ready kind of thing. So, uh, in wow. essence, what we'll just maybe drip a few boxes at a time in. Uh, over so, the when next you're moving in. When, it, when is moving in? Um... Maybe like the big stuff at the end of the month, okay. but we'll just do boxes and small handheld right. stuff. Along I'll help. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm. That's real. Mm-hmm. We caught a few of our friends moving this month too. Oh my goodness. So, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can talk more about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about just sure. so okay. we don't mention names as yeah, well here. But for sure. But that's one of the big things that's off my mind now, and so I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm so thankful that business is getting back online with um, the restrictions being lifted. So that's been really encouraging. I have also made a commitment of prioritizing sleep in my schedule as number one. Um, I've had a couple of lapses. <laughs> the one night I had my kids over and I stayed with the whole night. Just uh, that night I was actually doing a lot of like um, checking for places and so on. But other than that, like I've been pretty good at locking in the sleep portion because that's one area that I've really struggled with for decades and making sure that I'm getting enough sleep. I just kind of cut corners on sleep. And so that's uh, another thing to report that I'm still working on as far as personal development and trying to say how can I treat myself carefully, well, uh, kindly, all those components. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's me uh, and what's been going on. I really appreciate the check-ins too. Again, just because, uh, like, um, I, I mean, this is, it's almost like the oil in friendships, isn't it? Saying so, we ask the question, "How you doing? Good." It could stop there, but I also go a little further when people ask me, "How you doing?" I'm like, "Good," but let me figure out why. Let me figure because you know it's almost like a gut reaction or responding that way, right? But when you actually give a bit more intel and saying, "So here's why I'm doing well or not," it's really helpful, I think, to um, create that thoughtfulness. So it's not just like, I'm good, yeah. and then you move on kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why I value these uh, early components of mm. checking in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump to our conversation on... Now, this um, this uh, topic we're talking about today wasn't even my brainchild. Uh, at the end of our last podcast, I think it was you, Roger, who was like, we need to explore this. And so, Roger, can I just prime your pump mm-hmm. in how you came to sort of see these two together. Let me repeat again my rendition of the title, but we can even simplify it further. Creating and implementing boundaries in place of kindness. I'm just thinking about the intersection of implementing boundaries uh, while accounting for kindness in the place that it has. Well, you know, for me as an individual, I think I have three vectors where that intersects where I struggle with boundaries in the context of kindness. Mm. My daughter, my job, a person on my job, and a friend in my life, mm-hmm. where I'm finding myself consistently in a tug of war around maintaining boundaries while being a person who is an you know empath and always kind to the point of being painfully uh, neglecting self in that way. And so, persons I I won't name them have. Mm-hmm come into my life and remind me that boundaries are healthy and boundaries are important and boundaries are needed and so I found it 
I think it came up in one of our conversations and I thought, you know, it would be nice to hear, it would be good to hear everyone's perspectives around how they handle boundaries in relationships and uh, the kindness component of that because it, you know, when you're someone like me who gives, 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 mm -hmm. um, setting boundaries, I find I go through guilt complex when doing so. Let's start with the daughter part. You know, um, my kid is, in, in our checking, I mentioned her having a need. Well, guess what? She's in this need because she didn't listen and she wouldn't do what she was supposed to do. And and so now I'm having, find myself forced to set a boundary to say, well, no. I, by consequence of this and virtue of our, me communicating to you and you not adhering to it, I have to do this boundary. The boundary includes not putting money in her bank account. The bound includes not doing certain things, but making a compromise, right, for her failures. Her failures were that she didn't do her applications and her processes when she was told to, and now her funding hasn't happened. And so I'm stuck with having to pay her rent for a year, which was not the plan, because there's another option. So my boundary I'm setting with her is, I'll do it up to this point. You gotta get a job, and, and I'm seeing her being pinched by life. Mm -hmm. And the boundary that I'm setting, I'm struggling and feeling oh, the kindness piece, and you know, so I'll start with her yeah. before I mention the other two, yeah. and so that is hopefully that ignites something in in you know some of you um, in terms of how you how you regulate boundaries while being mm. kind and thoughtful and loving at the same time, you know, and it's it's um, I'm gonna learn from. From, from all of you tonight mm -hmm. because um, it's something I find that I have to constantly work on um, knowing that setting and enforcing a boundary doesn't mean I don't love and don't care deeply it just means that I'm protecting myself or taking care of myself it's self-care mm -hmm. I've, I've just learned mm -hmm. yeah I've mm -hmm. just learned that I didn't know that yeah so mm -hmm. it comes in that in that sense so yeah that's one li one <coughs> layer or vector of how it that topic came to me uh -huh. mm -hmm. Great introduction. So thank Is you. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Great way. Mm -hmm. And somebody, let me just clarify before mm -hmm. I let Josh. I, I know you have. Some, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing Josh like, oh, jumping at the bit. But just to understand again, yeah. um, in some sense, and I appreciate you bringing this topic up because yeah. you're saying I'm not sure how these two work well together. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. At some point, you're sensing a tension that you're trying to reconcile mm -hmm. when it comes to the implementation of boundaries, but still doing it in a in a kind way. Is yeah. That what you're trying yeah. To say? yeah. And then there's a piece of on there's a piece about honesty that sure. comes with that and sure. truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a piece of about honesty and truth. Yeah. You know, me being honest to the persons yeah. where this impact, me being truthful and am I am I being kind enough mm -hmm. when I deliver mm -hmm. and bring the boundary? Right. Uh, am I being perceived as being kind enough by it? And if I'm not, why? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really good. Uh, I'm gonna weigh in on this a little bit, if that's okay. I, please do. I, I mm -hmm. have the exact same kind of issue that Roger has, in mm -hmm. sort of specifically with people that I care very deeply about, mm -hmm. uh, people that are very close in my life, uh, like my son, and it's a very close friend. And it's yeah, it's it's the challenge because you kind of feel I get the same kind of sentiment in that like you feel like you want to be kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, kind without limits to these people, 
um, to the point where, you know, I, I feel like I'm sacrificing my needs, um, but I do so willingly, you know, and I feel that that leads to an unhealthy dynamic. Um, and so even, you know, I, I didn't really study psychology or any of these kind of ideas for most of my life. So um, even the concept of boundaries is something I only learned about maybe five, six, seven years ago. And understanding how to implement those, um, I think it's, it's been a learning curve. Um, so I'm also curious to hear what you, the kind of input you guys have mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, how do you implement a boundary, um, you know, about, I don't know, a specific thing, um, like, hey, like, maybe I'm not available at this moment, maybe I'm not able to help you with this, maybe I'm not able to get that ready, maybe I'm not able to be there, maybe I'm not able to give you what you want, uh, but still, you know, and then, you know, not kind of be overwhelmed by guilt, and still feel that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I'm still a kind person, I still care about you, but it needs to happen in this context where, you know, I'm doing it in a healthy way for me. Um, so yeah, this is sort of this a struggle I have as well. And so, um, yeah, I think that I kind of overdo the kindness thing with, with people I'm really close with. I don't seem to struggle with boundaries with, you know, with, I guess more of my, um, I guess just, you know, regular friends and coworkers and, um, definitely struggle a bit with my family as well. Um, you know, my parents, my sister. I think, you know, I'm working on that kind of stuff and, and trying to be like, you know, this is what I need to communicate what I need. Um, and then kind of getting, still giving them what I think that is, is an appropriate amount of attention, but um, without kind of overextending. So, so yeah, I just, yeah, I want to echo what Roger said. Mm-hmm. I want to echo back. I want to echo back because I have an example to give and I, you shared about okay. not being able to do it with people who are so close to the thing for me is that once a level of caring comes in, I, I I have a hard time setting the boundary. And then what's hard is when you do find the strength to set the boundary and the person on the other end is not receiving them what you're communicating as the message of what that boundary is. Mm-hmm. And I'm having that with a kid, with a female coworker, mm-hmm. and a female friend. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. So my most recent example of this happened yesterday. I was in Chestermere for the weekend. My kid is in Orlando, as you now know. Mm-hmm. She's got a virtual graduation to do. And I've been the kind of person who's always communicated. I've got things doing. Your dad's got a life. Mm-hmm. Just give me a heads up, mm-hmm. and I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of a workshop, the mm-hmm. elaborative mm-hmm. workshop. Mm-hmm. And I get a text from her, Dad, the graduation's happening now on Zoom. Can you come? And come on, you want to be there as a parent. You love your kid. You've told your kid many times, give me a heads up, give me a heads up. Yeah. And the kid is going to wait till the, the graduation the is actual happening. time? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, in the older days, before me learning how to set boundaries, I probably would have said, I've got to go and done this. Yeah. But then I said, I was like, I'm learning to do boundaries. I was like, wonderful. Sorry, I can't be there. Mm-hmm. I'm tied up, and unfortunately, you're only telling me now, so I won't be able to make it. Mm-hmm. 
But even doing that created a bit of feeling for me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> so Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I you echoed and I echoed back and let let me get off of yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah. Before, before Josh jumps yeah. in here, I just wanted yeah. to know one of the things I value the most in people yeah. is humility. It's like one of those beautiful expressions. I'm like, oh, this is lovely. So I just want to take note here in this in this um, group here tonight, we've got the two doctoral individuals, the two who have PhDs, who are saying, I need help. And what an amazing display of humility. <laughs> saying, I'm trying to figure something out here. And so mm. I just want to just take a moment and say kudos to you mm. gents. Mm. You're like the academics here <laughs> who are um, esteemed by the world, you know, for your accomplishments that way. But you're saying, I don't, we don't have everything figured out. And so um, thank you for displaying that really well, humility. Joshua, gratefully, I have a PhD in humility, so I'll be okay uh, to admit that I do have all the answers. Let's and take him out to the back and roast him. <laughs> oh, of course I do not. That is definitely. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, just uh, yeah, I I love everything about what you guys are saying, um, and I just had a few thoughts as we were talking about the word boundaries, and I mean obviously we want to set the stage like what what is what is a boundary? Of course, most people know. I think it's it's about it's about a sort of a limitation that we set for ourselves, and I this is the terminology that I use. I contrast that it with telling other people what they need to do, putting rules on them. That's different than my own personal boundaries, mm-hmm. right? So it's um, it's like this is what I will do, and this is what I will not do. Mm-hmm. And I really echo kind of was it you, Roger, that said it was self care. Yeah, 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 absolutely, self care. And I would another word is is maybe assertiveness, right? I mean, assertiveness is the communication component of the boundaries, uh, but really the idea with uh, assertiveness is that you're holding on to your own needs. You're you're being true to the things that you care about. Your self care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you also want to you don't want to be aggressive. You don't want to hate people, of course. You want to be kind. You want to care. And so there, there's this balance as as you're with exactly with that story right it's this balance of wanting to care for yourself and wanting to care for others i think it's so common that people feel guilt or other emotions um, maybe having some thoughts of perhaps uh, fear of loss of connection if i say no if i put my boundary up will this person cut me off will they view me in a in a in a negative way what will happen and we sort of make assumptions or we jump to conclusions about what they will do and then we're afraid of that and so what do we do we just we give in and we don't have boundaries mm-hmm. and often i would say i mean it depends on the connection but especially really good connections i think that that fear of loss of connection is not really a good helpful um, thought or, or emotion mm-hmm. because for example with Binyam, it's like if you ask me something and i said no and you know, hopefully I communicated a little bit, or if not, you would ask me. Um, but because we have a good connection, you're not going to go off and, and be all bitter and resentful and hate me and then cut me off because of one little no. And so for me to to be afraid of saying no or setting my boundaries because of that, uh, I think is is really unfortunate, and, and in most cases, is um, out of proportion to the, to the threat of, of a loss of connection. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we also um, yeah or we also maybe fear that someone's yeah someone's gonna either cut us off or misinterpret the no as a selfish thing. 
you're just you're just a selfish person you mm. well are we selfish no well it depends on on how firm our boundaries i suppose are mm-hmm. and i i guess there's a point at which if if we're like hyper boundaried in all the ways and we won't do anything we won't bend in any way i suppose that's that's a an extreme maybe not a healthy way of living mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so we want boundaries mm-hmm. we want good healthy boundaries mm-hmm. but we, won't, we don't want them so locked so in. locked in um but at the same time yeah we don't want them so loose that we just get walked on it's funny and Binyan this is going to help you to lead into something here because mm-hmm. in your intro check in mm-hmm. you talked about being available you always tell your friends you want to be available for them mm-hmm. and you say within reason mm-hmm. because whatever mm-hmm. I have a close friend who mm-hmm. that's become a challenge mm-hmm. and, and in the friendship and someone who purportedly understands board boundaries and supportedly purportedly understands being communicated to about boundaries sure. who you want to be there for someone, as you described in your opening, but you said there are people who, I don't want to say like vampires, but they, they suck more than they're able to balance. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this particular friend is emotional and fragile, and I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've identified the issue and mm-hmm. thought I was being honest and kind by mm-hmm. communicating. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what I realize for persons who can't, see boundaries even though they say they do mm. um, truth becomes an impediment mm-hmm. because they're not able to receive truth and when truth is given even gently mm-hmm. there's a negative reaction that it's a crit- criticism when it's not it's a loving rendition of what one sees in a relationship mm-hmm. and what one's asking by way of a boundary in terms of I can't always be there for you when you emotionally broken and crying mm-hmm. and bawling mm-hmm. when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and after the fifth time I've told you why this keeps happening mm-hmm. it's wearing on me I love you however I now need to draw a boundary mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you talked about that in your being available for friends mm-hmm. and I don't know how you managed to balance that so, mm-hmm. you know you say you, you're there for your friends and the friend is going to reach out to you at times when it's most inconvenient mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I thought of that person when you said that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you want to. If you want to share about that, how you how you navigate that. Balance. So like, I see it like a balancing act mm-hmm. here. Like you know, on the Tudor's heart or like mm-hmm. on a ledger, you see both sides balancing. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy of balance. Now it's not always a fifty-fifty. You know, sometimes it'll just be like a little bit disproportionate depending on the seasons you're in. But the way I've sort of processed, and now this has been a learning process for me, Roger. The number one thing I would probably start off by saying is, for, in my own frame of reference, it really started off with knowing how to care for myself first. Mm. I've lived decades and a lifetime of giving, giving, giving with other people at the core of my concern while neglecting me. Uh. And so in this zone, I've depleted, like, I've depleted my body, but then continue even pushing further than that and continuing giving, giving. And that brought me to places emotionally where I felt the extreme imbalance of just giving everything, but not necessarily expecting anything in return. In essence, giving the whole fort and having nothing to show for myself and how I'm going to continue looking after this vessel here. So like my beginning um, 
entry point into this conversation of the intersection between implementation of boundaries and the expression of kindness. Starts off with kindness not towards other people first, but towards myself first. Mm. How can I start off by being so self-aware of what my body is, my temperament, my personality, what my needs are along the way? Because what we're really talking about is survival. How can we survive socially in a context that also facilitates a good balance? And so for me, the first topic is how do I look after number one here first? How do I look at myself in the mirror and say, I can legitimately say, here's what my needs are, and here's how I'm going to protect what I need, um, protect um, how I'm going to like serve here first before I start thinking of giving externally. If that's backwards, Roger, I start doing what I did before and depleting myself. But if I say, how is my gas tank in here first? Like for example, before I came here tonight, my, my tank was running low. I knew it was going to be just a little bit late, but I needed to get to the, ga to the gas station first. I need to get to the gas station, get some gas. And I mean, I can do it after this, but I go to a specific gas station that has the cheapest gas in town, which oh, is all Oh, we're talking side. literal gas. Oh, okay. I, was, I wanted the clarification <laughs> too. Thank you. Thank you. You actually yes. were talking literal yes, gas. Okay. literally. This is just an analogy here. Yeah. So I needed to make sure I went and got gas where I usually get it, because if I didn't, then I'd be depleted if I came here first and I went there afterwards. So that's a little um, analogy there. Talk about figuratively now and how I'm applying it. If we're not doing the same thing with reference to our own energy, with our own personality, our own temperament, you'll find that the world is going to take everything from you because they love expressions of kindness and so on. But without the implementation of boundaries, they're going to suck you dry. Mm. You've got to put something in place where you're saying, I can go so far before I also need, need some more in my gas tank again. Does that make Absolutely. sense? And so that's why I say start off with here first. And now when this intersects, this uh, combination of implementation of boundaries with kindness, I'm saying kindness not in reference to how people perceive you, but how you perceive yourself. How are you showing kindness to yourself first is a really important starting place. If you're not thinking about how to be kind to yourself first and what you need to look after for yourself, you're starting off on the wrong premise. Only when you show yourself kindness can you, I, I would argue, show um, appropriate expressions that can be generous as far as you want to externally. See, my reference point of how others perceive me by way of kindness does not even come into the frame of field until I first say, am I being true to what I need to do for myself? Mm. Am I being kind in the way I think about myself? Am I being kind in the way I'm asking for what my needs are? Am I being kind in the way I'm implementing all these things? In some areas, I'm dropping the ball of, like I was saying earlier, with sleep. <laughs> I'm still working on that. But other areas, interpersonally and socially, I'm like, no, this is not my non-negotiable. How can I implement this, first of all, for my sake first? Why is that? I've experienced the frustration, Roger, the frustration, and I was talking to you in a private conversation in the past, the frustration of when you keep on giving, but no one else is catching what you're doing, mm -hmm. and you're de being depleted, and no one sees how you're being depleted. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So what do I need to do to first of, all, first of all know myself before I think about others? Only then, Roger, Frank, do I go to the level of saying, okay, now how can I extend myself without frame of reference of... Um, banking on how I'm perceived externally. One of the, the big vices, I would argue, in our cultural context is we're prisoners to our perception in public amongst our, our community, amongst our friends, our family. We're prisoners to saying, I, I wonder what they think about me, and we're dictating our decisions based on others' perceptions of us instead of our perceptions of ourselves first. Only when I know myself really well and I'm attending to myself can I present myself to others in a way that I choose and then as I present myself to them, I'm okay with either response of I don't like what, how you're presenting yourself or what you're offering, or I love it. 
Either or, I'm only letting that in so far and saying, hey, as far as I know what I need here, I'm going to give what I can, I'm going to draw those boundaries, and I'm going to communicate it kindly but firmly. And here's the magic piece uh, when it comes to external expressions of kindness while implementing boundaries, is the consistency. The consistency that comes, first of all, by having advanced conversations with those individuals that you need to have, saying, here's my MO, here's how I want to progress forward, here's why I'm placing these boundaries here. Um, you want a phone call every single day, twice a day, you know? I don't have time for that, but how about if I give you a phone call every other day? I can make an extension for that. I'm going to compromise with that. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if I can compromise with them, something like that, and saying, here's what I can do, here's what I can't do, and refine what that is, then when we lock that down, I regularly keep that commitment. I'll give more if I can, but I'm going to keep what we've committed to here. When they start taking more than what we agreed upon, I'll say, actually, no, this is not what we agreed upon here. And I want to call you to reference of how we can communicate about this. I'm going to have a few conversations about that with a frequent taking more than what we agreed upon. Then I'll have a conversation that's saying, we need to renegotiate this because this is not working for me. Here's where the kindness comes is with consistency and keeping what you've committed to beforehand. As a parent, for example, as I'm uh, correcting my children when they do some, something wrong, It'd be wrong for me to like lose it on them if I didn't explain to them first, here's the boundaries, here's the consequences of those boundaries, here's how we're going to implement the consequences. We have those conversations at the outset. That's the kindness piece. When they um, walk Clear as kind. Clear, I like I that. I think that's a uh, term from Brene Brown, I, I believe. Like Clear as Clear kind. Is kind. Clarity is kindness. Right. That's and beautiful. what I'm hearing yeah. you saying here, Vinyam, okay. is, mm. is that boundaries not, are not like once-offs, mm. though they can be, of sure. course. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is it's about engineering your social and relational Absolute context fluidity. consistently over Absolutely. the course of so that you you essentially are kind of like training your, the people in your life to know how to connect with you, Bingo. to know how to interact with you and to know. And therefore, there's no question marks of when you say no, there's no, mm -hmm. I wonder if no means I hate you. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's not the case. Right. You know, Absolutely. clear is kind. And you're not even good um, motivated by that because people's perceptions, they can have it like way off on left field here and you're like, that's not what I meant here. Here's what I want to communicate again. That communication piece is really important. The communication piece in advance with consistency in the implementation of it, I find that really helpful. But don't forget this sequence again that I, I found really helpful is starting off with square like square one or mm. uh, home base or uh, this is the starting place here. How you're saying, I value myself as number one before I attend to others. It's kind of like that airplane, um, um, uh, um, you know, when they tell you, put your mask on before you put uh, someone else's mask on. Same thing. If you're not putting mm -hmm. your mask on by way of kindness to what you need first, mm -hmm. and saying, here's what I need, and then communicating that to those that you want in your life and teaching them, like Joshua was saying, how to treat you. Then um, you're so to so then that. then you're also going to be in the better best state in terms of self care and all of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be a better emotional state, oh, so that you're going to actually be likely a better friend. You're going to be less irritable, less annoyed, oh my less this all of those things. This is mind blowing for me. The happiness that I experience now. Here's the thing. I'm happy because I feel like I'm being fair with those. Like the decision you made in the minister of elaborators meeting, and you're like. Your old self would have wanted to yield, mm -hmm. right, and mm -hmm. give up the boundary there. Mm -hmm. But you're saying, I'm teaching someone else who's very close to me mm -hmm. how to interact with me. It may take some time, and it's on their end. You've got to let them figure out their own stuff. But as long as you're being consistent and fair and, and communicating, saying, hey, 
just like I said before, I need advance notice, I need this, these are boundaries that you're implementing, and the kindness comes by way of saying, hey, I wish I could be there, but it just falls outside of what we'd agreed upon here, mm -hmm. so um, I hope I can be there next time, I hope you'll reach out uh, you know, sooner or something along the line. There's a kindness piece that doesn't have to lose in saying, oh, how could you like call me when I'm, no, it's, it's more like, hey, uh, you're probably working through this, but I can't join you in that walk. You gotta figure some stuff out on your own. But for my part, I gotta keep my home base here in mm -hmm. good order so that I preserve my happiness. So I preserve my, my sanity. So I preserve my purpose for why I'm going through life. Mm -hmm. You don't wanna be robbed that way. I want Frank to jump in right after I say this next thing. I don't know why. My spirit says I wanna hear from you. But you go. You had a thought. You wanna say? No, no, first of all, you. Okay. You, you know, you know what's becoming apparent to me, Frank, is that boundaries can't exist without authenticity. That's a good point. Say I, it again? just came. Say it, again. Say it, again. it just came to me from listening to you. Again. Boundaries cannot exist without authenticity. Now, flesh that out, because that yeah. was a beautiful thought. Why did he say that? Because in listening to you, um, cheer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And communicate and talk about how you the ebb and flow of, yeah. of communicating and. Rep consistency repetition sure. you have to actually make yourself vulnerable and truthful right, yes. in order for that message to be disseminated mm. and so that became evident as he said what he said to me and um, you know so what I want to bat the ball to you with Frank is with him saying that what happens when you're being consistent and the message is just not being received and you're being authentic within the context of it, talking about it. What, what do you do? I guess this is, this is my thoughts on this that's been percolating um, mm -hmm. a little bit is uh, just sort of like taking a step back and you basically have someone that you're really close with mm -hmm. that's upset. And this is like so that this is the situation that we're sitting in. Um, I know personally that when I'm upset, um, for me personally, I don't want that person to tell me the truth. I don't want that person to fix it for me. I want that person to be a sympathetic ear. Um, that said, I have a tendency when I have an upset person in front of me to be like, I'm going to take it upon myself to fix this somehow. Mm. And that might be mm -hmm. uh, speaking these kind of, uh, you know, truths as you say in as tactful a way as possible um, but sometimes that's not helpful and sometimes it's you know I find that what that person really needs is really just a sympathetic ear and they don't need me to solve it for them they mm -hmm. don't need me to come up with you know here's the truth and here's the answer and so sometimes having that dialogue or having that understanding that emotional check in uh, which is something I've actually done with a uh, close friend of mine um, as we've kind of worked through our issues is that, like, you know, I, I, I get communicated to me, like, what do you need right now? Do you need just a support, someone to talk to, someone to, to bounce your emotion off of, but you don't need me to figure out how to make it better or tell you that if you did this differently, then you wouldn't feel this way? Um, so that that's kind of like, um, and honestly, if it was me in in that situation that was upset, honestly, I don't want people to tell me how to fix it. It actually stresses me out more. Um, I would rather just have someone that's kind of going to be my sounding board and just kind of let me 
let me have uh, you know express myself um, and express my frustration but you know I'm gonna wake up the next morning and I'm gonna soldier on it and we'll try to figure it out and I understand that you know it, it can be frustrating from you know the supportive person to kind of see a repeating pattern and kind of want to indicate well maybe this is this could be avoided if he did this differently but um, at the end of the day you know, people need to take responsibility for themselves so um, yeah for me it's it's I think it's it's getting a better understanding of what it is that person needs from you at that moment do they need that that, that truth or do they need just someone to, to vent to or cry with um, that, that's kind of my, my thoughts on, on that topic um, but I, I did have, um, not to derail this discussion, but I did have another topic around boundaries, which was um, really what I found is is as much as there's like a guilt around setting a boundary, around a certain kind of, uh, uh, about, you know, saying no or, or, or you know, pulling back, um, what I found has been a kind of a rewarding situation is that I if I don't set boundaries I build a lot of resentment mm. and that comes out in the most unhealthy ways uh, it can bring me to a boiling point so well said. the reward for me is you know and maybe just comes full circle to the stuff that Damien was talking about is that that gives me space to then recharge and go to the gas station you know um, and that you know when I when I put these these tools in place um, then I feel so much better. I don't have that resentful feeling because I got, I kind of, you know, I didn't feel like I was overextending and giving too much. Um, and then, yeah, then I don't have those negative feelings waking mm. up and I can be, recharge myself and I can be there for those, you know, some of those more, those, those needier moments. Um, mm. Yeah, those mm. are kind of the two, the two different thoughts that were percolating in my head while you guys were talking about, you know, all these different things. Um, yeah, that's, uh... I want to chime in about what you're saying about bitterness. I think um, bitterness and resentment can come from the other side. This is kind of connected to what Binion was saying about consistency and engineering, you know, our, our connections with. Right. This is how you we are going to connect. This is how we can connect. Is is what will often what I've seen happen is maybe you've alluded to this, Roger, a bit. Um, is you know when we have like more poor boundaries over time we're kind of teaching that person that that's it mm -hmm. that's how that's how to deal with me right and then later on if we want to raise the bar to appropriate boundaries that person can start to become bitter and resentful mm -hmm. um, and that's really really difficult mm -hmm. there's no I have no here's an easy solution to navigate Let's it's just that. tough yeah it's really tough yeah. and so I mean it's easier for me to say perfect solution is just to have the good boundaries right off the bat but hindsight's but always 2020 back from a bad spot to something it's, that's more appropriate it's really tough it's a huge investment that you're probably struggling oh, with oh for sure can I bring this home to you sure <laughs> in an echo chamber way you know that post you made on Facebook about new relationship energy yeah it freaking intersects completely with all of this <laughs> Okay. How so? Did you see that discussion, Frank? Yes, I saw it. 
Yeah, okay. is it everything that was said? You raised the topic. Yeah. So just for our listeners, yeah, break, break, break down the conversation. I let, I let, I let, I let. Well, Joshua. I don't remember the quote. You probably you, remember well, it better you than made, I did. You made a post. The, the quote is like that. Talk, your relationship energy yeah. may not be so helpful, or something along. Yeah. Well, I didn't say that. I just no, said you, um, it wasn't a judgment. It was new relationship energy is a metaphorical way of yeah. airbrushing. A new partner's um, blemishes. In, blemishes. Yeah. Rel- personality yes. blemishes yeah. or something and, like that. Yeah. And what was fascinating is the discussion thread underneath yeah. that, that talks about, touch, hits on everything that we're talking about. One mm. person responded and said they avoid NRE, new relationship yeah. energy, because yeah. then it creates these expectations and then what they try to do is set these boundaries early and yeah. every slow. Yeah. They get, so you remember that person yeah, yeah, said yeah, that? Yeah. 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 So. I'll, I'll let you run with it. I thought maybe you run with it because you you read the post. Yeah, but it, it you saw it, right? Yeah. I saw it. I mean, my only thought when I saw that was, well, it's true. But without new relationship energy, then how would we have our cliche rom com moments? Right, right. A whole industry of movies and and cheesy novels would not exist. <laughs> In essence, I think if anything, what you're hoping, like if, if I'm hearing you, Roger, mm-hmm. that's caution that was expressed by those individuals saying new relationship energy. And for those listeners who are wondering what a new relationship energy is, it's that excitement in that early stages of a relationship where you're connecting with someone, super excited. It can go from a few months, maybe weeks to like a couple of years time uh, when you're just seeing with rose-colored glasses this person everything they do is like that's beautiful great. they can do no wrong that kind of element before you start seeing some of the cracks and so that's the new relationship and energy that we're referring to but I wonder if at some point the expression of caution that these individuals were expressing is their way of implementing boundaries and saying how can I still keep control of of this zone that can be so subjective yeah. that I may not see what is necessary to yes, see yes. by implementing and going slowly and saying how can I yeah how can I remain in, in control here so I don't mm. lose control how can I control my own emotions emotions are not bad I right. mean new relationship energy mm-hmm. is is this you know happiness joy sure. of sure. what might become and right. what you know all of that these are fine these are good sure. emotions it's do we allow those emotions to control us or do we can take control of those and use those emotions? Because there in are a those individuals way. who could just get swept away. Get swept away, and exactly. And so when those in their lives that may see some significant red flags speak up, they're oblivious to them because they can see nothing of those red flags. Yes. They've been swept away by this raging torrent, if you yes. will, mm-hmm. and so now they're at the mercy of it, but they don't see their own danger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it's all a boundary piece, boundary it piece, is. and it ties into sex too because. Mm. I don't know about you. I've had experiences where I've thrown all that energy into a hot, new, fascinating experience, sure. but then I pumped all the energy in on the forefront, and yeah. then it, it wanes away, it's and okay. then the whole thing becomes... And then you can't even be friends because you push so much energy. You know, In this sense, I'm speaking about again, sexual energy right, versus right. emotional energy. But again, there are just yeah. that... Um, 
there was no reference of knowing yourself well enough to say what's mm-hmm. a really good thing, right? Mm-hmm. We don't let children just go behind a, a wheel of a car as much as they would love to. Why? Uh, mm-hmm. Because there could be some devastating consequences. Mm-hmm. In the same way, we don't know ourselves well enough, I would mm-hmm. argue, mostly in society. Emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally and, and how we progress. What are our weak points? What are the areas that we need some buffering on? So mm-hmm. in the absence of that, we're like that kid behind the wheel of a car, you know, kind of thing, and mm-hmm. crash, bang. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. I, w- I want to circle back again to what you were saying before too, Roger, because I think it's a really important point that I want to sort of hammer um, from my convictional standpoint, and I, I'd love to push back, and that is what happens when you communicate consistently and repe- repeatedly oh over time, but yes. it isn't acknowledged. Yes. Where do you go from there was your question, if I, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And for me, I know personally how much patience I have to extend. Oh my God. And so this is again that piece, um, brother, I would say of knowing oneself well enough to know how much can I give by way of patiently communicating what these mm-hmm. boundaries are before the precipice where I lose it. Oh now, see this God. precipice over here? Yeah. If this is a precipice over here, how can I scale it back to a safe distance over here from this precipice? Because I don't want to get to the precipice. Mm-hmm. How can I scale it back to this point over here? That's where I'm going to implement my boundaries there. And then I'm going to communicate saying, hey, uh, I may have about five chances in line here before I'm at the precipice. So I'm going to scale it back to a safe amount. I mean, I'll, I'll only let this person know I have only two strikes or three strikes and then I'm going to go through to implementation of this boundary. What that does, it keeps me from that precipice of blowing up because your boundaries were unrespected. It gives you that space to still be able to communicate it kindly. And there's that piece again. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're saying, um, at the outset, here's how I want to proceed. Here's the boundaries I'm, I'm implementing. We'll have this conversation two or three more times. If you're not quite getting it, I'm going to move to the implementation, whatever that looks like. And the hard part about implementation is it always seems mean on the receiving end. And that's how we appropriate it to ourselves, saying, we're so mean. Ah, I can't do this. Instead of saying, no, I've given this person everything that they need to know in advance. I've communicated in advance as kindly as I can. And now moving to the implementation piece, I'm still going to do it kindly, but saying, listen, we have tried this a few times. I've given you the, the amount of times I've said I can ha- hang on for and you've known this. Now it comes to the point where I must implement this and this is the, where it's going to shift to, whether it's cessation of connection or whether it's something more diminished in your connection, whatever that looks like. But if failure to implement means you are teaching them how to screw you over, over and over again. Mm-hmm. You're bringing down your value instead of raising your value. The implementation of boundaries communicates very clearly to someone your worth. And that's how you show yourself love and kindness. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a meme I saw that's recently and you on Instagram. To others too, sorry. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that the meme I, I saw said that if you don't model to people how you want to be treated, quite yes. often you're not going to be treated that way. And yes, that's going to yes. create resentment and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And you've talked about that patience point. I think mm-hmm. as individuals, mm-hmm. we, we have to recognize in these relationships, whether it's romantic, sexual, parental, mm-hmm. professional, where our thresholds are and, and really put the boundary in place in a multiple different ways because you can be communicating this and it's not being heard. Yeah, yeah. And then if you don't uh, enforce, mm. then there's going to be an explosion that's going to be so strong yeah. 
you know that there'll be no way no turning back from there and then you feel more depleted because yeah. you lost control yeah you start off on such a good point in trying to have boundaries in the first place yeah. but the failure to do to implement those boundaries now you're feeling even less in your worth because you went to a, a trajectory that didn't Re- represent your values of how you want to proceed and show mm-hmm. yourself kind of mm-hmm. right? Oh, so yeah. much, yes. Yeah. And it does a, it's, it's, it can be a, I, I call this, mm-hmm. and I, I've been, you know, I, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about my personal mm-hmm. situation, I call it a buzz skill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a buzz skill yeah. when you can't navigate through that. It's sure. a buzz skill in the sense of love feelings, it's a yeah. buzz skill in terms of loyalty, buzz skill in terms of if it's, there's sex involved it's a buzz kill as well you know it saps the energy yeah. from where you want it to be and yeah. I like to be a hell yes when I'm with someone yeah so I know this conversation needs to happen when something's out of sync but I need to first of all figure out instead of like lashing out and saying you're just you're frustrating I need to scale it back process on my own and say what am I really needing how do I now implement what I need by way of boundaries mm. it's like almost saying what are the policies for rules of engagement with me how am I going to present this? And what am I going to communicate? Because you want to make this work too. You don't want to spring something on someone and say, don't you ever say this to me again. Next time, you don't want to do that, right? You're saying, mm-hmm. we're going to work at this, but here's how much I can handle here so far in my progression forward. And you're doing this like you were saying earlier, Roger, because you value uh, communicating authentically with this individual and you want them to know the real you, especially how you guys can work really well together. You're mm-hmm. really driven by that desire to say, I want this connection to work. And for this connection to work, we need to do some housekeeping. And it's just acknowledging that there's different perspectives. It's not saying you're wrong or right, but you're starting to compromise and say, how can we collaborate to make this a really happy connection mm-hmm. in the way that we're agreeing to engage? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, I would follow on that, Bingham, and yeah. sort of say, like, this is how implementing this boundary helps me I love that. I love right. that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, yeah. That's kind of like, I think, the, the healthiest way to bring it across. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and just, yeah, just kind of be clear about why this is helpful for me. That's high-level stuff. That's really good. <laughs> so, that's amazing, yeah. Because that's high-level stuff then, Frank, what do you do if, if you receive a river or flood of tears uh, when, you're, when you're exercising that or giving that and... Uh, and the river flood of tears is being said with, well, you know, you need me. that, but, 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 but what about my feelings or my emotions? Mm. You know, what do you, you know, how do you prevent yourself from uh, crumbling? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not a psychologist, but um, I, honestly, like, I think there's a time and a place that you can have these kind of conversations, right? And usually an emotionally charged one is not the time where you talk about, like, how this is now, I'm gonna, you know, how yeah. I'm going to implement my new boundaries. Oh, okay. If there's a, a safer situation for that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's at least my my like kind of um, you know my guiding voice. That's a great point though, Frank. Great point because that's the wrong time to have it because you, like, it's almost like a, um, it may come up, actually, it rarely comes unannounced. It usually comes up because of repetition, I would suggest, right? Mm -hmm. Saying, ah, they do this again. They are going in in the zone. So I I would totally agree with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, like, for example. I would say like one of the examples I'm thinking of is watching in the supermarket or in some public context a parent chastising their kid publicly 
and there's embarrassment on the parents' side. And so as I watch that scene, what I'm observing, especially if I know them really well, to know that at home they don't implement boundaries, but outside they do because they were kids are outside the oh, social game, you see what I'm saying? Oh, interesting. And so what I'm observing there is that there is a failure to do so in the appropriate times when it's not um, like when it's not um, energy invested, right? When you ha you are in in a good zone, saying let's have a conversation about some stuff. When you, that's the ideal time. So for parents, the ideal time I would suggest to have those conversations with your kid of expectations, behavior wise, is not in public, but at home. But at home is where we're most lazy and we kind of let things go until we're in public and we're like, oh crap, I got to attend to this, and then they sort of lash out. That's the wrong time. The That analogy I'm applying to this one here in the yeah. sense of saying the wrong time is in those kind of thing. You don't want to have that conversation then. Mm. When you're like, because you're not in that uh, objective mode. You're in a subjective, yeah, you're yeah. taken by the passion of your emotions. Take time aside, process with some safe friends, I would suggest for our listeners, about um, what uh, your steps forward should be, helping you process and get all that emotion out there. Because when you sit down with that individual, you want to be in your Zen state. You want to have an awareness of what you're asking for in a really, um, in, in, in a neutral zone, you know, and saying, hey, I care about you. I want to communicate some hard stuff, however, and it's going to get emotional. They may get emotional. And hell, yes, Frank, from. Uh, Roger and Frank. Uh, for most guys, do you know when they throw the towel in? When they try to do this, when a woman cries. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Because they're like, I don't have anything to like. I don't know how to respond to this. This is like beyond my sphere of comfort. When emotions come up like that, they're like, I don't know what to do, and they yield. What I would do in my like what I've done in my context is I, I've seen this in a professional context and also in a personal context, in some very high tense situations, group wise, especially when competing motivations are coming up and they get emotional and they use that manipulatively or not but I want to keep very clear what is the goal that I'm aiming for what is the point that I'm trying to make here so I'll acknowledge their emotions I'll say I can see this is really impacting for you I want to acknowledge that this is really difficult for you as you process those emotions I want to bring you again to attention to what we're talking about this is the point here that I'm trying to address here when they're saying what about my needs as well I say, a good response on my part would be I'd love to consider them let's compare what you're asking and what you need and what I can give and how can we collaborate to give something that I can be a hell yes to you don't want me in this relationship to be giving out of um, obligation you want me to be giving out of a hell yes, I want to do this for you because I can do it for you. But if I can't afford what you're asking of me and I'm depleting myself, I'm not going to mm. be the good friend that you need. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that's yeah. really important as well. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love the piece you were saying there, the, the Frank, about that. How, like, what state are you in as you're going in emotionally? What, well, where's the energy at? That's a yeah. really cr critical component as well. Mm. Good stuff. Gents, we are um, over an hour here. It's been a really rich conversation. I think. Um, our oh my God! And I never ever mentioned the coworker example. I but know. Maybe that's another. That's another. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to extend this because I mean, we don't have, have to like cut it. Yeah. Do you want to explore that? Just. No, real quickly, it's yeah. just to just give a highlight on the fact that it, it it'll happen in any kind of relationship. Yeah. The problem that I had with the coworker was mm -hmm. the anticipation and expectation that I always gave by not setting boundaries and being available. Mm -hmm. Um, every time she called, I would pick up. Every time she cried, I'd do. 
And then I realized that my mental health was being impacted by this person's dependence on me and insistence on me and expectations of me without yeah. boundaries. And then when I said, I am going, I wrote, I, I, I fortunately in this instance, I did the pull back the emotion part, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I sat and I wrote an email and I said, this thing that you did mm-hmm. today at this time mm-hmm. is an example of this, 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 mm-hmm. and I'd rather... And, you know, what I got was something challenging was, oh, well, I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't realize I was doing that. And um, an attempt at change, but what we talked about earlier was something that I've had to keep doing was the consistency of reinforcement mm-hmm. because the person kept going back into a pattern of doing yeah. the same thing. And I had to keep reinforcing and saying, no, I'm not answering the call phone. I saw you calling. Let's schedule a time to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I've had to do the work too. Sure. You know, and it's the same thing in it's loving true, yes. relationships and oh, parental relationships. Beautiful. Yeah. But that's a highlight of the employee, uh, coworker context. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. tremendous freedom when we do the hard work of mm-hmm. implementing boundaries. This is gutsy work. It, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage to be able to do so. Because on the one hand, you're fighting against perceptions of others' views of you as you go into this process. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you're also saying, I'm learning how to put myself at the heart of where I need to be. But it's a freeing experience. A freeing experience because now as you're engaging, here's the thing. I feel totally in control as I engage the world with my content online, to be able to, like a question that was challenged with recently was, how can, and this is in our gathering on Saturday, the, the challenge was, how are you able to, um, being so well known and everyone recognize you, there's gonna come a point in which you can't continue to give, because there's just too many. And I said, for me, that's not a concern because I've had some practice along the way in being able to implement boundaries of how much I can offer and where that line stops. Where I'm gonna go, where I'm not gonna go. And I have no reservations about communicating those. I'm unapologetic as I implement and extend where my boundaries lie so that others know and can honor and respect it. The confidence with which I come to the table with where I am saying, here's how available I am and here's where I'm not available, that confidence enables me to be able to challenge others to step up and say, play in my field on my terms. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so there's something that is really freeing about that when you're able to engage the world that way, mm. your world, well, whatever that looks like. I think um, I think we should just kind of maybe yeah. summarize and wrap this up. Sure. Create another word because there's like you know poor boundary settings. There's boundary settings, and there's bindery. Binium level boundary settings. Binder. That's hilarious. Gentlemen, I'm just saying this on, on, on our recording here. Uh, maybe afterwards, let's do a quick TikTok. I, I'd like to feature like just uh, an introduction of all you guys. Frank, uh, I'll, I'll just do, do a TikTok after this recording finishes. Just again to encourage more of my followers to this conversation because this is a really, really important one, I think. Uh-huh. A really yeah, necessary one good. that I think it serves. Yeah. But before I move to the closing here, uh, Roger, let me start off with you. You're the catalyst for this conversation. Mm-hmm. You had some questions. You had some cobwebs in your mind. You're saying, help me process. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of crystallizing in some helpful way? It is. It is. It is. It is. I mean, I'm walking away with, with knowing that there's work involved. Oh, yeah. There's boundaries. 
uh, and there's internal work and there's work outside and mm. and that I am I am it's okay not to feel guilty because mm. to hear Frank admit that he feel have had a, that's validating because mm. how often do I hear someone say that as well mm. that it had that so mm. um, I'm walking away feeling more empowered mm. um, not just with my daughter relationship or my love relationship or my coworker. Sure. Because at the end of the day, what you've all just told me are are the ingredients towards mental health balance. You know, we are mental health balance, which is is important. Good. Mm -hmm. Frank, how have we served you in this conversation? You're also saying help. Josh, I, I want you to chime in just before I, I close here as well. Yeah, no, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, I started it off being a little bit fatigued, but then we started going, and uh, <laughs> here uh, I've, I've woken up. I, I love, I love um, how we talk about all of these ideas. That I mean, I don't think that there are a lot of brand new ideas, but we're stitching them together yeah. into a nice afghan that is going to be functional and usable so mm. that's kind of the way i see it yeah that's beautiful yeah and my closing thoughts would be like as much in, insight i have or the things that i'm working from um they might have been costly lessons learned through many mistakes that i've made along the way like i'm saying i've had decades of being in that zone of where I ought not to have been. Do you know what I'm saying? And so uh, the reason I'm just so vocal and so decisive in how I see and, and I'm learning my way through this is because I have been on the other side in, in a way that I can still, I still remember what that was like. And so that's why I have a heart for it. That's why I'm like invested in saying, I love to be able to see people's freedom, freedom in this area. And for me, that is one of the biggest reasons why I love doing what I do is to set people free by our stories. Because as you were saying to Frank, I, I'm so glad you resonate with me. You, someone understood you. Someone could relate with your uh, experience, right? People really find that magical when they're able to say someone was able to tell my story through their story. But they're also able to share a bit more insight from the other side and saying there's hope. You can actually walk through this stuff here. And on the other side, there's something liberating. And it's just that... It's a beautiful gift to give, and uh, that's why I'm so thankful for all of you guys in, in our collaboration. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it is well over an hour. Um, this has been a really juicy conversation, and uh, thank you for sticking with us through this. Uh, it's been a really heavy thing today, I think, but one that's, this is like the stuff of life, but it's fantastic when you have friends that Some feedback as well through comments, um, questions, ideas for future episodes, but once more.